There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hey, folks, it is Stephen and Brad for Going Off Track. Jonah is out on tour, and by out on tour, we mean laser hair removal. Takes him a (laughs) long time to get all of those hairs plucked from all of those follicles on Jonah Bear. Jonah Bear, not on tour with United Nations. Jonah Bear, laser hair removal. (laughs) Mike Kanjemi, our other hairless host, is off moving and probably working on some giant piece of production for NBC or something cool like that. So it is just Brad and I this week, and we bring you an interview that we did with Benny Horowitz, the drummer from the Gaslight Anthem. It's also in the band Spiro Agnew and probably one of the funniest, coolest people we've had here on the podcast. And I don't say that lightly. Uh, were you a fan of Gaslight Anthem? Yeah, not. I mean, I didn't really listen to much of them, but I was definitely aware of them. And mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, they're a great band. Yeah, for sure, very good. And those EPs they put together are phenomenal. They're one of those bands that you know have that experience when you see a band. It's one of my favorite things. You've never heard them. You know nothing about them. You might not even have gone to see that band. Right. Like who the hell is this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've that's... now forgotten about the headliner. Right. Yeah. That's awesome when that happens, and that's. I thought that I had seen those guys at some point, but I actually think I'm thinking of a different band. Um, but yeah, that's a magic moment. They play a lot. And, and Benny's one of those dudes that hammers the drums. Yeah. Or as I like to say, plays correctly. Yeah, Just, he definitely gets props from me for uh, saying all the right things about drummers. <laughs> about drummers. Well, Once sh- again, calling this an educational program. Listen carefully, drummers. If you're a drummer, listen to what Benny's saying and do what he says. Just Without further ado, Benny Horowitz of the Gaslight Anthem. Now here it is. Now I feel like I'm under the gun. Yeah, Yeah, the lights are down. It's like Breaking Bad. I feel like Jesse, you're Hank. (laughs) So I'm dead. You're Gomi. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Going Off Track. Thanks. I'm glad to have come here. The disembodied voice you hear is Benny Horowitz from the Gaslight Anthem. And Spiro Agnew. Yes. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are a fun drummer to watch and uh, you even a more fun person to talk to. I remember when I saw Gaslight was the basement of Siberia. Oh, yeah. And it was opening for Against, Against Me. Against Me. And I 
like accosted you afterwards and went, who are you? What are you about? Give me something. And you're like, we got these demos. We're selling for two bucks. And I was like, here's a five. Give me the last two. Nice. And I have no recollection. Of course this. not. I wonder if you remember this. My old band, The Love Co, played with you guys at Asbury Lanes. And then you said we could stay at your house and gave me your number, which was super nice. And we just met you. And we ended up not doing that. Wow. And there was like no one at the show. Jesus, I have no like recollection of, of this either. We stayed with Joe Oz. Oh, you stayed with Joe? Yep. That's a good guy to stay with. Yeah. You didn't want to make the trip to New Brunswick? Yeah. No, man. Joe had like some condo. It was super nice. It was, it was a good setup. Yeah, they got those condos down there. I yeah. had a crappy punk house. Yeah. I so, probably had, yeah, that probably would have been good too. It was fun. That was a good house. Enjoyed myself. Do you still live in a punk house or have you? No, I'm like, I'm like straight domesticated now. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I can't play. <laughs> like live with my girl live with my dog i'm yeah. like you know buying topsoil on the weekends and sheetrocking and you, all sorts of stuff you know every person that sleeps there it's not just random strangers on no the floor. no i'd be not stoked if that happened now <laughs> but that's what's cool i mean i had all those years in places like that and like so it feels good to kind of have like that straight home base now you know like totally. i don't have to hide shit in closets and i don't have to like feel sketched out i lived with drug dealers for a long time not like gnarly you know new jack city drug dealers but you know you're run-of-the-mill pot and raver drug kind of kids sometimes and that gets annoying you know a lot of random people stopping by yeah got broken into once and because of that and uh, that stuff's no good and then i got duped at that house in new brunswick kid moved in i knew he was a seller and I was like, yo, I'm not trying to be around that much anymore. Like, it's just kind of annoying, you know, like mad random people in the house. And he's like, oh, I don't do that anymore. Don't do that. And like a week later, full on operation going on. And listen to this. The kid was so shady. He would keep his pot in bell jars. And every day he would open them a crack and go and like huff moist air into it to add water weight. To his weed. What a sketch ball. <laughs> Did he brush his that teeth can't work. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know what? I was always watching him do it. I'm like, yo, you're just clowning yourself, dude. Like, what a waste of time. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, man. Adds weight, adds weight. Adds weight. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. okay. Obviously, <laughs> a member of Menza. Yeah. It's <laughs> a weird kid. And then, you know, it'd be odd if he listened to this podcast, but I'm not saying anything that's not true. Um, after we lived with him, he started getting into something called little big cats, where he was like going to breed like domesticated like bobcats and like, shit like oh, that. Like a savannah. Was that when you yeah. were like, oh, this is after you guys Yeah, here. like right okay. after he moved You were out, like, what's yeah. going on? He's like, well, I got this new thing I'm working on. It was like, yo, little big cats, son. Like, this is coming, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was like Can you of, domesticate a bobcat? I, you know what? Recently, I was telling this story and I was like, you know, is that shit even real? And... So I Googled it, and this is real. They're like these... And honestly, I would not have those things live in my house. Like, they look like mini jungle cats. Like, they're kind of scary looking. Are they bred with cats? Yeah, they're called... The the big breed is called a savannah. You know about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a wealth of knowledge. He's a cat guy. I know so much about so many. Uh, Savannahs (laughs) are fantastic because they're bred from, from an African wildcat, but they're knocked down like three or four generations. And I learned about it because my aunt was a vet tech and she's like, you ever heard of this cat? And I'm like, no. And she said, we had a, a cat that came into our uh, vet office and his name was school bus. <laughs> Cause the cat was a giant and they, they start like a small one is about 25 pounds and you can walk them. 
They work well on a leash. They don't mind water, and they, they literally like act like dogs, but they're these giant cats. I'm gonna go walk school bus. Yeah, I'm gonna go walk school bus. <laughs> my cat to the pool. Is that the truth? Or are you feline about that? No. Nice. Oh, oh there Damn, it is. you waited for that. There it is. I saw the gears clack. That's that it. Was phenomenal. That's like the like the Andy Richter drop you just did. <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was nice. <laughs> but you have the trick with those is you have to get them. They have to be. You have to breed. The wild out of them, which sounds just like a horrific so process. Mean. So it's, mean. It's a horrible thing. <laughs> Some Gattaca shit. That's yeah, exactly. Like, uh, We're going to crossbreed uh, you with your kids until they're just completely docile. And yeah. then, but supposed to be. It's and, coming, isn't it? Isn't it the days of this coming? The days of the little big cat. Well, a little big cat's and just little, the beginning. Little, 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 <laughs> right. You know, with you got ligers. And then soon down. you're going to be able to <laughs> order your kid to. Sp- you know specifications. Yeah, like I want one that's six two, blonde hair, oh, right. athlete. It's right. true. We're gonna it's be coming. able to do it. It's coming, it's coming sooner than sooner than we think. But I'll be warming my hands over a burning barrel before <laughs> I fucking get down with that shit. I'll be on the other side of that fight for sure. I'm moving back. Benny's moving back to a cave. Fuck it. I mean, I never lived there. I don't know if my people even came from caves. I'm like European Jew, I doubt it. <laughs> Not a cave dwelling Never people. Cave. I mean, maybe way back, you know, I don't know. Apparently, there is some Sephardic in my lineage. Oh, yeah? Are you an Ashkenaz or a Sephardic? I have no idea, man. Really? Yeah, I don't Where know. Where is your descendant tree I think from? Like is that a real word, Stephen? Descendant tree? Uh, we, have, we have the equipment in the room to find out. Did I just Jesse Jackson that thing? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it out. Um, descendant tree. If you separate it to your descendant's tree, then yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think so, like Russia and Poland, okay. that area. That's Ashkenazi, yeah, that's Ashkenazi. usually. Okay. So but were, my my Polish side, though, had like a touch of Sephardic, I was told. Okay. Yeah. And where's Sephardic from? Like, that was like more Northern African, okay. Middle Eastern, you know, the darker of the Jews. We mm-hmm. have no descendantry. No descendantry. No dis- void on descendantry. You might want to get descendantry.com while you have a chance. Add, <laughs> they add new words every year to <laughs> Webster's. This is true. And they change definitions. They change literal. They change that definition. This really? Really? Because people use it incorrectly. People always use literally wrong. And I apparently was using it wrong my whole life. It's like, yeah, literally this happened. No, it's not how it means. But they changed it to mean that. Like when uh, really? Yes. Huh. Literally, they, they literally changed it. So now you're allowed to use that because they changed the definition. Yes. Mm-hmm. But prior to them changing it, you were wrong. <laughs> Completely. That's it's odd. like people who say it's addicting, which is the wrong way of saying something's addictive, not addicting. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Drop that. We're going to breathe some moist air into that and see how it, <laughs> see <laughs> see how if it grows some weight. See how it flows. <laughs> when you start playing drums? Uh, oh, quick. Quick turn. Like that? <laughs> Join I joined like school band in fourth grade on like snare drum and then I got my first kit around like fifth or sixth grade, which I guess is for me was probably like eleven, twelve. Mm-hmm. You eleven. You seem like someone who probably was always naturally kinda good at drums. Like watching you play it seems that way to me. I don't know. As someone like, who's not that. I guess I guess drums in a way like came sort of easy to me but just in the way that i think working on them is really fun you know like just like i forget the that famous quote though that you're not supposed to pursue anything that feels like work you know i didn't know that at the time but it happened like that you know i love sports and i still love sports but i sucked at them at the time i was kind of like i was a little off in school like you know friendly guy but like didn't really fit in kind of like anywhere you know 
And like, I found something in drums, you know? And I loved rock and roll already because of, because of my mom and like, and the shit like that. So I was, I was sold on that like rock and roll dream, like pretty young. What, what about your mom got you into rock and roll? Uh, she was just like, she, she was a pretty uh, obsessive person, like when she got into something. And when I was, I forget exactly what age, but you know, somewhere around the late eighties, she just got like way into rock and roll, classic rock and collecting records. She became like a collector and it became like a massive obsession where she would go to record shows on the weekends, you know, like, and most of her uh, collection was Queen. Like she was a huge Queen fan. Member of the Queen fan club called Queenies, and they would like pen pal with other Queenies like around <laughs> around the world. Like you know, handwritten letters with each other. When I was like ten, we drove her to Cincinnati for a Queen convention at like Holiday Inn <laughs> out there, and like um, so I was raised. And that was also along with like Zeppelin, who. Deep Purple, Joplin, like, Guess Who. Like, just, no, she doesn't like the Guess Who, actually. But uh, Fuck those Canadians. But that kind of scene. <laughs> yeah. You want to go? No, I like the I like the Guess Who. I'm just You saying. just threw all this negativity into my story, yo. Sorry. No, I'm just playing. I retract, I, re- <laughs> I retract it for all of our Canadian listeners of Sephardic descent. <laughs> yeah, like, um, so, you know, and she took me to, like, she took me to see Rush, when that was my first concert when i was like 10 it was russian mr big or no 11 and uh Is that the presto tour it was roll the bones oh wow yeah, oh, yeah one after and then um you know at the time my mom was was painting nails as a second job she was like a paralegal secretary but then she got into like being a manicurist for a minute i don't know how and when she worked there she had this friend and her her fiance or boyfriend was like a local drummer, like a rock dude. And we started one day we swung by the house and just in their living room, he just had this massive kit and records and all this shit. And I was like, yo, that's cool. And only at the time I'd really played in my school band stuff. So I started hitting around on it. And that's like, um, around the time when I was like, yeah, I got to get a drum set, you know, like I got into it. And then this guy's name was Tommy O'Donnell. And my mom would drive me there like once every week or two for a while and she would like smoke cigarettes and drink coffee with like the woman in the kitchen and me and Tommy would go and like jam on his kit, you know, like, and he, that guy kind of taught me how to like play drums, like drum kit, you know, and I learned playing it by like, he would put on records and like play along and then like I'd watch and then he would like try to show me how to do it, you know, <laughs> and that's why like technically I'm a pretty bad drummer. You know, I've been working on it for a long time, but like... You know, I definitely, like, I'm good at playing in bands, you know, because, <laughs> like, that's, like, all I've done with drums is just, like, played along with other stuff, you know? Um, but that's what we would do, and this guy, like, taught me how to do it for a while, and then it hit a point where, like, we were kind of running the same course, and, like, I didn't get, like, as good as him, but he couldn't teach me much because he was not, like, a trained guy, you know? And then, uh, dude, I have no idea what happened to the guy. Honestly, it's it's a weird thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I saw him at an Omar Hakim drum session, drum clinic, about two years later at Sam Ash wow. and Edison. Said what's up, and yeah, I have no idea what happened to the guy. But I owe him a lot. I wish he knew. You ever done a drum clinic? Nah. No, no. That me, like me playing Zeppelin covers. Like, <laughs> I've only been to one drum clinic, and it was Terry Basio. Oh, I mean that's. <laughs> 
That's a good one to and see. And he was like, I have symbols hooked up to my feet. And like, <laughs> it was like so crazy. Like, he was just talking and I was just like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been to many. I did just get asked recently to be a judge in one of the Guitar Center, like, drum off things. But I was going to be on tour for like two of the weekends I had to be there. So I couldn't do it. I was stoked to do it, though. Yeah. I was going to do it. I was going to take the one Groove Rock kid and just <laughs> give, him the, give him the gold. <laughs> We had like, one of those winners here, actually, from that thing. Cause we oh, did, you had one of the winners Yeah, here? we have a sort of... Yeah, Rubber Tracks has a partnership with Guitar Center, kind of... Wasn't, was it Chris Enriquez? No. He was doing some... There's that one guy, too, who played... He was playing in Suicidal Tendencies. Last time I saw him at a festival, that guy was one of the Guitar Center winners, too. And he was, you know, stick tricky, like, did all the spinnies. A lot of spinnies. <laughs> a lot of spinnies. It's a show. I never went to a drum clinic, but I stood behind Josh Freeze and watched him play with the Vandals once. So I feel like it's I, basically a drum clinic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's where you stare and you go, "What? No, no, do that again. Do that one more time. Slow it. Damn. <laughs> Watch what I'm gonna do here. When did you start playing drums? Oh, I was terrible. Uh, I was probably ten. Oh, this is real. Yeah, oh, I didn't know you played. Yeah, like yeah that. Stephen plays drums. <laughs> yeah, but it's I was. I'm, but I'm an awful. I was an, a terrible, terrible drummer. Oh, because like you know how that thing you just said about when you find something, you know that's not work. You know you pursue it. I hated practicing, okay. so I just I stopped playing. But I like playing with people. But that thing in between where you get better, right? Just never, never stuck. Never took. That. But I did have a teacher who, um, he still has clinics and plays about. I haven't talked to him in thirty years, but he devoted an entire lesson to spinning sticks. Oh no! And I was like. <laughs> Oh. why are we doing this and he went well you know it's part of it. it's a show and i was like okay and i had to learn how to put it and do the whole timey lee thing and spin it around like this was i wish was, our listeners could day. see benny's face right now just the, <laughs> the dis- frustration disgust <laughs> the disgust is the one and just <laughs> i'll sigh i'll sigh really loud in here <laughs> <laughs> fucking christ as i got made fun of that at home a lot because i do the disapproving <laughs> <laughs> wave of the head and a sigh a lot if i hate something i'm just like <sighs> it's honest huh it's honest it's yeah too honest <laughs> why people think i'm a dick sometimes <laughs> no uh how did you meet brian yeah it was pretty random actually like i i was um i was playing a band called killing gift with alex uh for a long time alex rose amelia and that band broke up and i was still living in new brunswick and i was just working i was already doing spiro agnew a little because spiro agnew started from the end the killing gift like um and then i was doing this other band with my buddy matt hake who's who's writing some songs and we were just messing around and so i was kind of floating a little and um jay who partially owned xoxo records with his with his ex-wife they um i know him from back in the day in like the hardcore scene we used to play in bands together and, and you know he knew what my story was and he signed uh brian's band called this charming man and uh brian put out that record they did one tour and i guess like it kind of didn't go well with some of the dudes and he like fired his bass player and drummer after or they qu- i don't really know exactly what happened and um so he was looking for a new bass player and drummer and he got Alex Levine um, because he was like his brother-in-law and didn't want him to quit and like just wanted someone he could like really count on, you know? And that, <laughs> so that was in place. And then 
Jay was like, yo, listen to these songs. Like, what do you think? Do you want to go jam? And I remember listening to the songs online and I was at this weird crossroads of music because, you know, I, um, I'd for years, like probably a decade been in bands where like every review of the band was like, yo, music's good. Don't like the singer. Like that was always every band I ever had pretty much. <laughs> and it got, got so used to it almost like, and I, I thought I had some rad singers through the days, you know, but like it just, it wasn't anything that could ever like make me play music for a living. You know what I mean? Which is always what I wanted to do. And, you know, I heard those songs of this charming man songs and, you know, automatically they might not be exactly like what was in my wheelhouse, but like, I loved, I was listening to like Brian's voice and melody. I'm like, wow, like that kid's good. Like he can, I'm like, that's like proper good. Like, I don't know anybody who knows how to do that kind of, you know? And, uh, so I was interested, you know, and I went up and I played with them and jammed. Um, and it went cool. He asked me to be in it. Believe it or not, I actually was like, oh, you know, let me, let me give it a day to like mull it over. Like I was like one of them. And I remember I was at a Labor Day barbecue in, uh, in Highland Park, actually, Andy Diamond and his friends always do this barbecue, and I made some calls, and I remember, like, sitting there by Raritan River, and it's when I called Brian, be like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it, you know? Like, I'm in. And then at first, we just played, like, this Charming Man songs, and then start, started writing, and did, like, one tour with this kid, Mike, who was the old guitar player, and that kind of didn't flush out, and that's when I was like, yo, Alex, like, it's my dude he's awesome you know like you'll love it and he came in and that's when like gaslight like proper started did sink or swim come together pretty quickly yeah i mean some of those songs on sink or swim are already like getting hashed out like even when it was sort of this charming man a little bit you know some of them and then you know we did that demo like we pushed the demo for a long time we had that three song um you know just burning cds and pushing around and trying to get shows the normal thing but the whole time we were doing that, we were writing and getting ready. And the thing was, at first, was we we were sort of signed to Eyeball Records. And uh, we went into the studio to do our record with Eyeball. And it was just a fucking disaster. Like, it, I guess it would have been like Sink or Swim, you know, a year before Sink or Swim got made would have been that record. And it was, didn't go well with the producer, with the playing. It was this like super serious studio and it wasn't coming out like anybody wanted it and it was a little tenuous i'll say so like the whole thing got shelved they just heard it you've heard that yeah really yeah saavedra played it for you yeah and it's weird it's like some of some of the sink or swim stuff but it's like it almost sounds like some of it kind of medley like tones it's like it's it's really yeah it's not what i expected it, it was not like the way it wasn't supposed to go the way yeah, it was yeah. going and yeah, that's one I of the reasons it stopped producer actually ended up walking out of it and alex from eyeball like kind of told brian like you can either like try this record with us getting you a band or like your deals like no good anymore pretty much and brian like stuck with us you know like pretty easy decision i think for him I mean, I don't know. You could ask him. Maybe it was hard. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, though. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and like, and and that's what happened with that. And then Jay, who was doing XOXO records, called us like a day or two later. He's like, "Yo, I like believe in you, dudes. I'll put out the record. Like, don't care." And Alex just released us. That's so that's how like the whole thing started. But yeah, I didn't know Brian and or Alex Levine until that day. I went up to like practice with them. 
Yeah. It turns out back in like the early 2000s, Brian booked a show at a Moose Lodge in Hackettstown that the Low End Theory, my old band, played. And we didn't put that together until like two years into the band that he like booked my old band and we actually like played a show together back in the day. But that did happen. <laughs> and then how quickly did you guys get on side one? Uh, it, was, it was a little while. Yeah, mm-hmm. a couple years actually because we did the record on on XOXO and we started touring like super heavy even before that record came out and we hit the road and then we got hooked up with against me and like sabbath with jordan Kleeman and um they put out that senior and the queen seven inch that's amazing thanks man uh and that was like that i think was when like you know because then we got on an against me tour and he had like proper distro and stuff that actually helped us get to like europe because sabbath had a hookup with gunner records in germany and um and resist records in australia which both picked up sink or swim and put it out and we toured both of those places on sink or swim so like that actually helped us a lot like through the years that we went to those places early we were only able to go because of those you know hookups so that was huge for us and then after that side one came around like it's that was when like it was like buzzy like gaslight was all like buzzy you know everyone's like oh cool and uh you know so we had a few choices during that time you know and side one was just rad like cool dudes easy joe's just a great great dude yeah no we always love the vibe like you know and it's still cool with us and them there's like nothing weird we we were doing we were out on warp tour and uh it was the the launch of warp tour that year and joe had 59 sound but just like one burn copy Uh and and I remember going up to him and I was like, I, you need to give me that record immediately. <laughs> and he went, I just had one copy from some other guy. And he was like, just get that. And he went and grabbed it and I stuck it in. We got a van because we were following, you know, all the, we were shooting and we we're following all the buses. And I just had it on repeat the whole time and I wouldn't let anyone change it. <laughs> <laughs> just kept going and going and going and going and going. And, and my wife went, this is the record that a lot of bands have been trying to write. Cool. Just, I mean, it's such that's a, a nice thing to say. Uh, she's got a bit of an ear, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's so good. It was just fun because Joe was like, "You have to hear this." And I'm like, "Well, then go get it." And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> and then we have it. It was on. A, I don't know if I still have it. It's just like a blank. There's nothing on it. That's cool. It was the full 59 sound. Such a wonderful record. Thanks. It's fun seeing you guys all over the place touring after that. And you guys came on the rock show. I remember. Mm-hmm. You guys oh, yeah, came yeah. on and then you played a generation that night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. That was fun playing generation. Yeah, I was up front, which was lucky because I felt like if you were not up front, I was like in a t shirt rack basically, <laughs> yeah. but it was like the only place you could yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I remember like when we walked down there, we're like, where are we playing? They have a stage like, sort of set up now. Oh, they did. But they didn't at that no, point. No, we were, yeah, yeah, we were like, I was like firmly tucked in like the, <laughs> you know, the between what do they have there, like damn t shirts and stuff like that. And, <laughs> That show is fun, though. I get claustrophobic at shows like that, though. I worry. Really? I'm like, if something goes down, I'm literally last person back <laughs> against the wall. Like, you know, because I'm always in the back of the room. And, uh, you know, what, uh, just something went down. You know, fire. Things yeah. happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ceiling collapse. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm fucked. But it would be cool. <laughs> I've thought about this, though. And I'm actually partially stoked on potentially dying on stage like that could be rad yeah. you know like we've gone up to play shows before where it's like a crazy lightning storm people are like oh, i'm like 
I'm like, come on, like, Are you ready to go? I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, could be worse. I would take maybe an early departure for being struck by lightning while playing drums on stage. Yeah, it's badass, you know. And especially if someone just gets a sick pre-body burning flick of it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, cameras are amazing these days. I'm it's sure. True. It's true. As Stephen showed us prior yeah. to this. With the iPhone 5S, today's show is sponsored not by Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the. Remember the band, the Beat Farmers? No. Hell yeah, I, man. I don't remember. Country Dick. Either. Country Dick. I, I love saw, the Beat Farmers. I saw Country Dick play a week before he died. Really? Yeah, and this guy was a drummer and he died on stage. Yeah. He had a heart attack and boom, fell oh, He was a heart. Here, here I did it. <laughs> oh, man. Hard party. You gotta knock him. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any wood in the studio? <laughs> she rock. Oh, yeah. here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck <Yes>. me. <laughs> Bad move. <laughs> Famous life. Maybe if you tempt fate like that, then it's like, oh, that's too easy. <laughs> if fate is conscious like that, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. That's a whole other conversation, fate, isn't it, fellas? Yeah. I feel like we could get deep, though. If we weren't on like a podcast and we would like kind of be boring people, like a TED Talk or something, I feel like we could get down. I see no reason not to. Yeah. Maybe we turn off the mics after this. We do a J. <laughs> <laughs> Then you guys would all have a great conversation, and I would be asleep on the floor because with some. I, what's I what would be like your go-to munchy snack? Oh, it's a think? wonderful question. Oh man, like I'd a waffle fry. I'm into no. nachos. Nachos are good. Any like specific places nachos? Because I know not every cho is good. You know. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Taco Bell or something. <laughs> Pathetic. Or game nachos. Hate game nachos. Really? Yeah. I kind of like. I. I mean, like I have ones I like more than other ones, but in that state, like you put anything in front of me, generally. That's true. Dude, I what was about in, you? I was in Tokyo and they had these. They looked exactly like regular waffles, but they had ice cream in them and like a thin layer of chocolate. Ooh. And. I fucking got a box every single night <laughs> on the way home. <laughs> That's awesome. They were very good. See, I, had an, I had an incredible amount of candy, so it's hard. You got the sweet tooth? Yeah. yeah see, I, don't, I can't rough. do that. Yeah, like, I don't go sweet as much. I can grab. But, uh, you know, yesterday I did eat half a bag of salt and vinegar potato chips, so it, it goes different avenues. Yeah. You know? And then they combine them at Trader Joe's with the milk chocolate covered potato chips. That's be, really? Whoa, that happens? Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Are yeah. the chips still salty? Oh, yes. I like that. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I like that. The, the pretzel. The I'm into that salty sweet thing like yep. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like like that salted caramel ice cream. You ever had something uh, like that? Um, that I, drives me crazy. Oh. Not into it. No, I can't oh, I deal with this. Huh. Now, we, John and I have discussed this many times at um, Otto, this uh, restaurant, one of What's-His-Face's Batali's Joints uh-huh. on, on 8th. I went there one time and somebody ordered olive oil, sea salt, ice cream, which upon first hearing you go... Is it gelato or ice cream? Might be gelato. I think it's olive oil gelato. Gelato, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is horrific. And it's like, but fuck it, it's ice cream. I'll try it. And in the middle, it's just ice cream around like a hollow point. It's just full of sea salt. Oh. And it's divine. And whoever... Dude, it's it's so good. It's like $12 and so good. (laughs) It's that first time I ever heard about like food combining where, you know, the job of the chef is to take different things and know how they're going to work together yeah, yeah, yeah. on your tongue and taste buds. And <laughs> I was horrified to hear it and then tried it. I was like, this is really give me more of this. Cause there's, I, there's no chocolate involved, which is what I'm all about. And salt and ice cream, like, nah. and then olive oil gelato wasn't into, but 
I feel like Delish. A, a lot of the guests we've had from Jersey talk about, especially your like the grease trucks. Was that yeah. a thing that you were into or not? Oh so yeah, much? I yeah. got a sandwich named after me. Really? Yeah, yeah, I'm like that deep into the grease what's trucks. What's your yeah. sandwich called and what's it's on it? It's called the Fat Veggie Benny, obviously. <laughs> and it's um, it's portobello mushrooms, mozzarella sticks, fried eggplant, um, ranch dressing, and potatoes. Whoa. That sounds incredible. Where? Yeah. where, where? It's at uh, Pauly's Pizza on Easton Ave, which was my old job. And I actually worked there when they introduced the fat sandwich menu, which is why I got to... Create my own. Usually, in order to get your own sandwich, you got to eat three straight. That's how you get your own sandwich. Like, that's how Fat Daryl got the Fat Daryl. You have to house three straight truck sandwiches and then you can name your own. <laughs> wow. I will deal. never have my own sandwich. I don't think. <laughs> no, dude, no. I, there might have been a time in my life I could have pulled it off. Yeah. I regretfully could say. Because I used to go sometimes, do two, and then go to Thomas Sweets. So. <laughs> I got to assume I probably could have shoved the third one down. (laughs) Luckily, I took the more righteous route. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing is, the guy sold the place. He sold Polly's to somebody else, and they kept the veggie benny on the menu. Yeah. Yeah, It's a mainstay. Are you vegetarian? I am. Okay. How long? Uh, Almost 19 years. Right on. And what what prompted the the shift? Yeah, just straight, like, love and empathy for animals when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, that's... There was no, like, yep. real, more more than that, you know? I was, like, the little kid who I, like, adopted. I used to do the Adopt-A-Whale Foundation, and you'd adopt a whale every year. But, you, know, you know, they don't come to your house. They just, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they... Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, you know, the boats follow them around, make sure they're not getting poached, take pictures when there's a sighting, and send it to you, like, which is cool. Wow. You know, I used to, like, donate money to, like, World Wildlife Federation and stuff like that. I was just into it, and... It, it was kind of odd. Like most people get into being vegetarian through punk rock and like actually being into animal rights was part of my like attraction to punk rock because mm-hmm. it kind of like predated it a little bit. Is and it- I had a couple slip ups when I was a kid, you know, I remember going to the Somerville street fair, me and my boy, Steve Lawson, we were like, they just had those like, you know, good sausage and peppers and onion sandwiches, like good bread. <laughs> and we both, we pulled like the, you know, I won't tell, you don't tell kind of deal, you know, <laughs> like, but we were like 12, you could do it then. And then I had a brief cafeteria cheeseburger phase, like right at the beginning, freshman of high school. But about a month after that, that's when I've, I've been ever since. So yeah. And then I, through the years, it's, it's changed. You know what I mean? Like. I'm an adult and I don't just look at like a chicken and go, oh, you know, like I don't have just that like straight empathy for it. And it actually led to like a couple years ago, kind of me, I kind of like faced up to it again. And I was like, wait, why am I doing this still? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, it's too big of a sacrifice if you don't like believe in it anymore. And like, you know, and um, I kind of started thinking about it and you know, I, I did come back to the fact that I'm going to stay vegetarian, but it really came down more to the process at this point now. Like, I don't trust the safety right. of what's happening. And I think how it's happening is just truly disgusting. And now that's like, that's where I find my like, you know, my balance with it. Um, but I have a new policy, which is if I'm in like a really unique place in a certain you know unique cultural situation where food is often a part of that i'll take a bite of something if it's like a real regional delicacy or something like that and i've done that the last couple years you know 
took like a little bite of sushi in Japan. It took like a little bite of uh, dog in Vietnam. A little dog, <laughs> little dog. I did like kangaroo in Australia. Stuff weird stuff like that. I hate most of it, but you know, tried it. Because I actually that tour that am I allowed to say that the the fellow was here or is that like DL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say whatever right, you so want. So Jaded Punk Hulk was here. Yes, and he was. We were chatting, and uh, wait, what was this going to bring up? Oh, and I went on tour with a band from Staten Island called the Cable Car Theory, which impresses the Hulk, which I'm glad. Yeah, I've seen he, him write about he that. He takes a lot. it easy on me because of it, which is nice. You know, I mean, at least he takes it easy on someone in your band. Nah, him and Fab, they're so in love with each other. Dude, it's hilarious. Um, but uh, on that tour, we played some tiny little show in Spain. We played to like six people, and we stayed with the kid who promoted it and his mom, like in this little house in Spain. And we get there at like one in the morning. She pulls out just this beautiful tray. It wasn't like traditional empanada. It was like an empanada casserole, and it was beef, like fresh beef thing was beautiful you know it smelled amazing and i didn't have any and like i've like almost i've thought about it and regretted it like ever (laughs) since and she didn't understand why i was eating it and took it as kind of being rude and i hated it it's been bothering me ever since so that's like one of the reasons that i you know installed my new policy into my vegetarian guidelines and now, like I said, I've, I got 19 years in it. Like, I don't give a fuck what anybody, like, thinks about what I'm doing. You know what I mean? It's, it's a personal choice. It's a personal goal. And, yeah, set my own rules. Fuck you. you know? <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it took a while to achieve this righteousness. but <laughs> Self-righteousness. But it's, it's deserved righteousness. Thanks, bro. Not, you're not... You're I was not- just looking up. I'm sorry to cut you off, but have you ever looked up Peter Norman, like the little white guy who finished third oh, when they yeah. stuck their black power fists up mm-hmm. at the Olympics? Have you ever heard about this guy? <laughs> no. I, I watched yeah, it. like I was thinking about this the other day. I saw a picture of it. It was what, John Carlos and I forget the name of the other runner, but the two American sprinters mm-hmm. who, you know, did the black power fist. And then I'm looking, I'm like, this little guy this little white guy down there like i have no idea who this guy is and obviously this was his like pinnacle moment in life i mean he's he's a runner who just meddled in the olympics you know what i mean like this must have been his his life's work his achievement and all he's known as is like little white guy in that picture so i was wondering so i looked him up he's an australian was an australian track star who was so righteous about it that he borrowed forget what the committee was called, but it was like the Olympic Committee for Equal Rights or something. And he took a badge from another athlete and put it on before he went to the podium and was like really cool and righteous and down for the whole thing to the point that he died in 2006 and both of those guys, the runners, like came and spoke at his funeral and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Is that the picture? Oh, yeah. Their medals were taken (laughs) away. Peter Norman. (laughs) Respect, you know? Respect to Norman. He He did it well. What was the other racer's name? John Carlos and what's the other guy? Carlos Smith? John Is Smith the other one? John Carlos. John Carlos. Yeah, there was a documentary on them I saw Tommy on HBO. Smith. Yeah, Tommy Smith. That was yeah. the other one. Because they, they lost their medals because of that. They did? Yeah. Really? Yeah, pretty sure. They, um, because they said politics has no place in Oh, uh, yeah, you're not supposed to, right. Kind of stuff. And that's why, you know, in the last Olympics, well, you know, the Syrians were there, you know, and, and running and part of the whatever family's in power showing hmm. how versed I am. 
in current yeah, events. There's nothing nationalistic about the Olympics. No, nothing at all. And they don't <laughs> they don't displace people or <laughs> cause any problems or no, they're a great organization. They're awesome. Today's show is sponsored by the Olympics. And cynicism. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we introduce the cynicism Olympics on this show. Maybe yeah. you guys could do like a ten question <laughs> panel to see who's the most cynical, like a cynical Dude. I, and then I, give medals. I feel the whole incredibly thing. confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, some was. What are your of, Vegas odds? Like going before? Oh my god! I think the Michael I, Phelps of cynicism. Jonah Bear. I think I'm the front runner. Someone was talking about love the other day. I was like, eh. and they're like, what? And I was like, That's, do you think it's a thing they use just like to sell movies in Hollywood and stuff? And they're like, dude, are you serious? And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, right? And no one was with you. No, no one was with me. <laughs> But it's like that, yeah. She had one girl with her Sylvia Plath book. Eyeballing She's like, from- yes, Jonah. That's my girl, yeah. right? Yeah, that is that is what every girl wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some miserable girls out there being to it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you need to find like a like a girl who reads Tolstoy and just like you know. There's yeah. there's some girls with some darkness. You can, you can get into it. I hope so. Dark girls. <laughs> it's just what you need. It is. That'll help it the is. neuroses. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, you know, I feel like the darkness in me comes from my Russian side. I think there's yeah. something dark about the Russian people and yeah. their outlook on things. Pretty, pretty bleak, you know. So maybe you need, maybe you need a Russian lady. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I and you I'm said Russian, you're already yeah. an Ashkenaz. I mean, yeah, you have that connection. Yeah, that's true. That you is rocked true. The beard for a bit. You had the Rasputin thing going on. Yeah. I don't know. I want to go to Russia, but I'm scared. I gotta be honest. I am. I want to go like find like where my grandfather's from. He's from this like tiny little area, and I want to see it, but I'm nervous. Worried about getting arrested for hooliganism? Just anything. Like, place, you know, it's crazy sometimes. So weird how it chilled out for a while. Now it's kind of back to like the ooh, they're evil again. I had a friend that. I I always thought it'd be cool to go to Moscow or whatever. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine went recently. He's like, you don't have to go. Don't worry about it. You had a terrible, terrible time. Uh, yeah. You got like, I mean, the police, like, basically wouldn't let him leave the country until he paid him off and stuff. Yeah. Oh, so it was like Tijuana. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the police, like, it is, you know, any band who decides to, if you want to, I mean, most bands wait till they get to a certain point. Mm-hmm. You fly to Moscow, fly to St. Petersburg, and fly out. Right. Like, that's what most bands do. But, like, the ones who do try to rip it through vans and stuff like that, like, you got to pay your way through Russia. Like, right. that's. You know, guys have done that. I haven't done that. No, I mean, but, you know, people. Yeah, have done that. yeah. Wow, there are bands that do that for sure, especially like bands from Europe. You know, mm. especially more Eastern Europe. Like they'll they're bold. What's wow. the most dangerous place you've ever played? Like the place where you felt the most in danger? Like, like of like the like, city or like the actual like place I was in. I guess like the place you were in, like. Because I know, like, I know bands have gone to, like, Mexico City or places where it's, like, you need bodyguards and that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, nothing where it was, like, gnarly. Yeah. Honestly. I can't, I can't say I've ever been to a place and been like, fuck, like, we might not get out of here or, like, right. something crazy like that. But to our, I mean, credit or discredit, however you want to look at it, like, we haven't been incredibly bold in the places we go. <laughs> Like, we really have been sticking to the same places, and we haven't broadened out. We haven't really done Eastern Europe. We haven't done South America. We haven't done Mexico. And, um, you know, I think these things are in the cards for the future, but, like, yeah, we haven't gone to any of those places yet. So A lot of bands have, like, 
a good experience the first time they go to South America because they're shocked at the venue size, you know, the, mm. the, the, the amount of people that go there. And then, yeah. you, you know, you worry about the graft and the promoters and how much the people, how much you're getting versus who paid to get yeah, in and yeah. that kind of thing. And, I mean, I don't feel that. I mean, if you ask me, like my personal opinion is that, like, I don't think there's any safer way you could go to these places than going with a band. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's literally people who are like, paid and hired to make sure you don't die right, while yeah. you're there you don't get <laughs> kidnapped while you're there right. like if i went as like a normal tourist i feel like i'd be much more vulnerable right. than i would in the band setting um you know and safety and numbers and all that stuff right i think the scariest experience we ever had we had a couple early on we had a couple gaslight brawls there were some fights that happened within the band or no with, no okay. with other people um but one time <laughs> We were staying at this house in. We played this terrible show in Ebor City, in you know, which is like that little uh, Cuban section of Tampa, St. Pete, and played a tiny bar show, like six people. And the kid from the other band offered us a place to stay, his house. First, the kid loses us on the highway, goes about 110 miles an hour in his pickup truck, totally loses us. We're in the van. Eventually, find the place. The kid is already in his room fucking his girlfriend doesn't even let us in you know what i mean like we're just like poking around like trying to figure out what to do and we walk in and there's just these two guys who are his roommates and they were just like rippers dude like white trash rippers one guy's name is rex no shirt big ponytail like they're just ripping and there's some guy in the other room who won't show his face who's just yelling from the other room don't touch my fucking jaeger don't touch my fucking Jaeger. And then, like, Rex is asking if we have, like, drugs. He's like, if someone gives me a painkiller, I'll make you grilled cheese sandwiches. This, I swear to God, I couldn't make this stuff up. There is this, like, huge Great Dane that was, like, just kept sniffing us, and it wasn't friendly. It was just weird. And the night just got weirder and weirder. And then, eventually, the guy yelling from the other room comes out with the Jaeger and starts shoving it in people's faces. You know what I mean? Like, drink the fucking Jaeger. Drink the Jaeger. And, you know, Brian doesn't drink, especially not Jaegermeister. I'll have beer here and there. And he's like, nah, dude. And I'm like, all right, I'll take it for you, you know? And it was, it was massively uncomfortable. And we ended up... <laughs> Um, we had like our pile of stuff in the middle of this living room, like in the middle, and we were all sleeping like head on with like legs out, like all four of us like that. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up at like, and I'm always the first to wake up in gaslight. And I woke up at like five thirty in the morning, fucking kicked everyone. I'm like, get the fuck out of here! here. Like, <laughs> I'm driving, get in the van, <laughs> the fuck out of this town. <laughs> oh, that was a crazy yeah. situation. That that night, I was like, yeah, like this is sketch. Like These dudes are not cool. I never even saw that dude who invited us to his house. Like He never even like appeared again. <laughs> Could have jumped out his window. I would have had no idea. Yeah, that was a trip. Where are you guys on the new... Uh, where are you with on the next record? Uh, we got like... Got like three or four songs that are like full band, pretty much mapped out and done you know we have a lot of rehearsal to do and then brian's got a million ideas and we're starting to piece things together right now like you know he hit that you know we watch it happen every record where he like goes through this process of finding something and then when he finds it it's just like like butter like he just goes you know and there's like just so much stuff a lot of stuff how involved is he with you with the drums on the songs you know this coming into this record is the most he's ever been by far 
Like, usually I'm just, like, up to my own devices pretty much, you know, in Gaslight, like, where we'd write stuff. And it wasn't because he didn't care. He was just very focused on his stuff and I guess probably trusted me to do something decent and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, this record, he's, like, definitely taken more of a, like, an approach where he really wants us to get on the same page before the song's written. So the vibe is, like, exactly what he's thinking in his head, you know? It's definitely the most specific we've ever gotten with drums in this go-around. It's cool with me. Yeah, you dig that? Yeah, I don't mind at all. Like, you know, know, I I have creative input in the band always with song structure and with my parts and stuff like that. But, you know, to me, any job of, like, a good rock and roll drummer, especially in the kind of band I'm in, is, like, I'm supposed to, like, service that song to me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm supposed to, like, make that song just like the dopest song like whatever beat or groove or whatever it takes to do that even if it's not something that's like super hard or tricky or you know what i mean like i don't give a fuck about that stuff so so yeah it's like whatever i can do to make the song more awesome i'll do you know and i'll listen to anybody's ideas and sometimes i get a little married to stuff that i like a lot and that's when we'll i'll be like maybe if we'd hit a roadblock with something because i'll get like i'll fall in love with something you know but it's it's a good process we've never really had any like problems i dig it <laughs> are you listening there all you potential drummers out there because i've had all you other motherfuckers <laughs> thought you could do it all <laughs> you've, had every, you've had every other drummer uh, every other drummer i've had there's that, drummers, yeah. so i shouldn't totally no, you're right. Though. I, if there's any advice I could give a rock and roll but drummer, it's like that—that that what, what you just what you just said. Want to is... go be a singer? Pick up a fucking guitar <laughs> and go be a singer. But if you want to be a drummer, like get used to just like holding it down and doing your thing, and someone else being in front. You're in the fucking back, sitting down. You know, oh, <laughs> like thank you. That's what you do, <laughs> and that's not to devalue the importance of what we do. But it's like. I don't know. It's like in any good situation, like people, I think, need to stay. You got to be good within your role and not try and jump out of it, you know? I joined this band in college and I'd never played drums. In a, in what a were they called? It's, yeah. <laughs> Wait, give it to me. God damn it. Give I it make Stephen do this every time because it's always funny to me. <laughs> Lay it on. The Ice Cream Socialists. The Ice Cream <laughs> Socialists. Yes. Yeah, I was like the third drummer in the band. I see what you did there. Like the, speaking of, yeah, speaking of Russia. Speaking of Russia. Um, and I never, I, you know, played in like fun alt rock bands in, in, in high school, but never played in like a full on punk band. And I talked to this dude. He was a guitar player, and I was like, I don't know if I should join with these guys or not. I like them. I like the songs and stuff. And he went, let me give you some advice. I went, what? He went, don't do a fill during a guitar solo. <laughs> and I went, you're not helping me with my decision, but I'll take that to heart. And then first practice, I start playing. I'm like, first thing that comes into my head, don't do fill during the guitar solo. The guitar starts playing. I'm like, keep it going. Keep it steady. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's good advice. Yeah. yeah. It works out really well. Definitely. That's, yeah, one of the things in Ga- like you know, if Gaslight was a different kind of band, maybe I'd play more or differently. You know what I mean? But I'm not trying to compete with like if I'm trying to throw some like super funky stuff in the middle of like Alex's guitar lines and Brian's melodies. Like, there's enough melody going on. You know, like just gotta hold it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you like playing like the State of Love and Trust or those covers and that type of stuff as well? Depends. Yeah, you know, like 
State of Love and Trust, I love. Like I was, I was a sucker for the single soundtrack. I oh, listened dude, to it a million sure. times. Oh, like so, that song I didn't even have to learn when we chose. <laughs> you know, I love playing the Petty songs. That's a lot of fun mm-hmm. for me. Um, I always, I love playing that Bob O'Reilly song, but I still always feel a little funky just because it's such an epic song and like. I think we pull it off good. I do, truly. But there's always a part of me that's like, guys want to do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you want to dance that dance? Like, all right, it's bold. Like, you better do it good, though, you know? Then yeah. You do, then you do um, Hot Water, too, right? Yeah, we've done Hot Water. We mm. Yeah, we've done, I don't know, we have a lot. And we've done replacement songs. We've done a Far Side song. Done, like, yeah, just whatever's striking our fancy at the moment, you know? Lately, we've been doing, we've been doing Misfits. Which is fun. Been doing Ramones. The um, Bonzo goes to Bitburg. We've been uh, doing. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, yeah that's favorite, my favorite, <laughs> favorite song, Ramones song. Too. Yeah, that, that. Yeah, and again, it's funny. I love movies, and I love that song so much because of the montage scene in School of Rock. Yeah, like when they're like watching all the old. Like I get like a little. I get like a little emotional during that scene. I've yeah, got, you I've know, Misty at School of Rock. You know, you know the scene I I'm know talking exactly about. The scene like, you're talking about watching like Keith Moon. Yeah, they're watching every plane. He's teaching yeah. on the rock. He's got the rock tree. Yeah, it was done by I think PJ O'Rourke. I think did that. Oh really? Oh yeah, I'm a nerd for that movie. Good it's, one. It's a very silly film, but that's the only that single Bonzo goes to Bitburg wasn't um uh, was never released on a record. It was only released on a single in England. Yeah, you know what? I had no idea that was the case until i tried to download it when we decided to cover it yeah <laughs> it's, it's on, uh, yeah it was on like what like ramones mania it's only on mania and then it was released in the because I, I was my birthday present to me a few years ago i bought it on ebay really and it's a, uh, i want to say island but, um possibly but the cover is what the song's about it was reagan laying a wreath at this cemetery where right. nazi soldiers were buried right and the song just pissed off johnny ramone Mm-hmm. So that's why they made it called. They made the song be called "My Brain Is Hanging Upside Down." Uh, but it's Bonzo goes to instead Bitburg. of Bonzo, right? Yeah, huh. I mean it's called Bonzo goes to Bitburg, but he had made them add this thing to it. It's, hmm. Ah, it's my favorite fucking. It's all Joey. Yeah. That tune. Why was Reagan called Dutch? Where did that come from? Why was that his nickname? I don't it's know. It's like one of those like forties. Yeah. Was nicknames. it a character in a movie? It was probably like a big nickname. Oh yeah, maybe well, it was the, one of his like Western, one of his cowboy things. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that he's actually in. He played a no, football player in a movie either. and he was called the Gipper. Ah, oh, win one for the, the Gipper? Gipper yeah. He wasn't a terrible actor actually. Really? No? Considering the style of acting back then, he he was, yeah. he was a great actor in politics. He actually was, one of yes, maybe the best. He certainly he was. was a great actor. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Man, I bet you those movies suck now. <laughs> like no offense but i feel like it's hard from like older movies just don't hold up and especially like from that era i'm sure well, because there's that i got a hard time acting. yeah i do i i'd like to be like i always you know it's one of those things where i'm like i know i'm supposed to like these movies yeah and i know they're classics and i'll even occasionally buy a cheap dvd to make my collection look <laughs> balanced right I don't like watching those movies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you got to look at it for what it is. Like, if you look at the style of like acting in the fucking Breakfast Club, it's different than the style of acting to like you know a, an emotional teen flick now. But if you watch you know Citizen Kane, mm. which everyone's like, ah, it's the pinnacle. It's a fucking amazing movie. It's really good for what he did. But there's all kinds of I don't know. My dad really drilled into me like old movies when I was a kid, mm. and you know to discover like Buster Keaton and Chaplin. 
that's easier to watch because you can't hear what they're saying and you're right. understanding the the pantomime. Well, those doing. are so far removed, sort of almost from what we expect now from the medium that it's like a different genre of entertainment. Mm-hmm. The, the old silent films, like yeah. I find, like watching those. You don't have the same expectations that you might from like a drama from the 40s mm-hmm. where – so I think it's, it's easier to like watch those films. But they're still like – you said Yeah, more. simpler. Yeah. For sure. And it was like what the viewer could handle, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what was just, going on And at there was the like time. nothing else to do sort of. Like you didn't – not nothing else to do but you didn't have as many options I feel like. Right, so right. it's like easier Movie, to Movie, radio, like, TV if you can afford it. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just like – I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I feel like there was less distractions slash options. Lots of options now. Too many, man. I, I do like to watch old comedies from like the 40s and 50s, and the, be- yeah. the best thing about them is that they end like have you like old like Jerry Lewis movies and stuff, and like the movie goes on, it develops, blah blah. blah it's kind of it got this normal pacing, then all of a sudden. Everybody gets married and it's over. Like in the literally in the last thirty seconds, the movie resolves itself and they get married and it's over. All I, like, those I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. Hitchcock, Hitchcock's a good. I like entry the level. resolution. It's nice. It's, Hitchcock's a good entry level, resolution. like old movie. You know, yeah, yeah. old Hitchcock and stuff. Because there's some. Similar. I just watched one recently that uh, called Notorious, and it's about this rapper. It was really no different one. No, it was Notorious, and it was with. Um, Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman. It was about Duran Duran. It was phenomenal. Uh, Ingrid Bergman and um, uh, Cary Grant. And it's this fucked up thriller that just like ends horribly, but not hmm. like like psychologically horribly. Like it's just all twisted and the acting is like anything you would see nowadays. It's just notorious. It's so notorious. You know, it's basically like, you know, a woman has to spy on her husband by sleeping with him and but she really in love with this other guy, and there's this like Nazi plot, and it's Ooh. fucked up and heavy. But it sounds fun. Yeah, it's a it's a lark. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like a bird? A lark? It's exactly like a bird. It's a different. <laughs> the plumage on it is phenomenal. Ooh, mostly, what is mostly this? What scale. is this lark? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> it's I I don't know. I like I like. I'm starting to get into TV again now. I had like yeah. a decade break when I was just like not really living anywhere. Or not living anywhere nice with cable, and I just kind of forgot about TV. And now the internet stuff is kind of letting me stay on top. Like you, I'm, I'm into, into the Breaking Bad. Like yeah. everybody, everybody in my band, like Alex and Alex from my band, went on this crazy run on tour where they were staying up to like six in the morning every night, sharing an iPad, just like <laughs> like that. And I was like, Jesus Christ, you know? And I always have that first instinct. If something's like huge and everybody loves it, I don't want to like it at first. I'm with you. You know? Yeah. Like, I've still never seen Titanic beginning to end because of that. You don't you have know? to because it's terrible. <laughs> you think it's terrible? It's awful. What about the band? Like, that's that's nice. Sorry, now you know it. Now you don't have to watch it. They're going down with the ship, still playing tunes. You have this fantasy. <laughs> Keep <laughs> like, the fantasy. <laughs> it's not fantasy. It's like, it's like respect. <laughs> you know? Like, you should be willing to go down for something, right? Yeah, no, like, I hear you. Uh, I hear you. I'm into it. Or, or what is that? I just watched that Bob Marley documentary. And when I he, saw that. When he played in Africa... And like that civil war essentially broke out yeah. at his fucking concert. The whole band clears the stage. Like everybody's terrified. And there's fucking Bob Marley on stage dancing still. Yeah. Like totally in just his zone doing his thing. Didn't care at all. Got off stage and told everyone, I guess we know who the real revolutionaries are now. <laughs> I was like, 
Mm-hmm. You know? That's pretty bold. I'm a white kid from the suburbs. I want to believe in something that yeah. hard, you know? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What else are you into TV-wise? Uh, I like the Breaking Bad. I've been doing that. I like the Game of Thrones. That's fun. Have you read the books? No. Check the it's books. It's daunting. There are too many. There are too many. Too many words. But you can skip the fourth one. Literally, okay. and I mean that. Forgive me, fantasy fans, all two of you. Uh, <laughs> you could skip the fourth one, but they're good. It's, it's it's like the show. It's Lord of the Rings with fucking, but it's yeah, like that. But he's but it's like the show. He's that guy where you're like, oh wait, you killed that person, <laughs> dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been into the Family Tree. You watch that? That's a great no, show. The Christopher Guest that. show. Oh, it's awesome. You'll Christopher love it. Guest is a show. Yeah, it's it, HBO. Really? Yeah, Christopher Guest. It's like the old cast of characters. Wow, like a lot of a lot of them. But the main it's, guy it's is from the British guy. He's another. Yeah, Chris. What's his name? Chris. He was uh, in Bridesmaids. Chris O'Dowd is the main yeah. character, but the guy, the British dude from all the Christopher Guest movies, like mm. the announcer from Best in Show. Yeah, he's the one who came up with it. Oh, he is. And he did it with Christopher Guest. Oh, it's okay. A, you'd really enjoy it. Yeah, it's that awkward awesome. kind of thing. It's yeah, fun yeah. And good. And Ooh, Fred Willard. I mean, anything Fred. Willard's give me in. Willard and and anything. We got a little Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> yeah, you know. I'll take it all. That show's really good. Mm-hmm. And then besides for that, I just watch sports and movies pretty much. Yes. That's why I still need cable because of sports. Yeah. Even though, like I was saying before, I got the MLB.com app, gave it 10 bucks, and I get the audio of any baseball game going on in America. It's so cool. So I've just it's been, pretty good. been taking my dog on like these two-hour <laughs> walks. Like I'm like, wait until 7, till it's like first pitch for like all the games. And that's all like, all right, we're going for the walk yeah. now. And I go out and I just listen to mad games and walk my dog. Have you so, always been you know, this- Well, sorry. No, you go. You know what I'm into? You should check out, this, I think I've talked about it before, the police scanner apps Ooh. for your phone. And you can just listen in to your local police <gasps> scan. Ooh. Or you can listen to like the hot ones. Like there's like LAPD, LA Fire. Yeah. And I will just walk around and listen to those. I'm not really as into sports, but I like hearing about crime scenes that's kind of that's sporty yeah and you want to know what's going on in your neighborhood too yeah have you ever done the uh the the pederast search on your on the computer Oh, like who in your neighborhood is a sex offender like a sex offender i haven't no. done it since my new i moved three times last year i don't know what my current neighborhood you're like. probably pretty good like yeah. i'd assume you're pretty good me and you yeah. i looked mine up jersey city is littered <laughs> with sex offenders like there's so many in my neighborhood there's always this fat guy with sweatpants in the park who's yeah. like right around like the kid area and i'm like uh, he must be one of them he's one of those dots yeah <laughs> but i feel like you can get that like i feel like someone's telling me their friend got one for like urinating in public no or you something. can't like anything if you did like if yeah if you like you know showed yourself in an inappropriate manner it would be technically classified under a sex offender so that is that is partially Does true. Does it say what they did? No. It's just like, yeah, registered. But registered not in Sweden. Offender. You hear about Sweden? No. What's that about? Oh, you can jerk off in public? Now. Yeah. <laughs> is that real? Mm-hmm. You Socialist? serious? Yeah. Wow. As long, long as, as you're not creams, looking at anyone. What are the ice cream socialists think of this? That's we did it. We, we did it anyway. <laughs> as long as you're not looking at Wait, anyone. Wait. Oh, my God. This is you're real? You're not looking at anyone. This cannot be a real lie. totally real. This guy on a beach got... He he's masturbating on the beach, and the judge basically said because he wasn't making eye contact or focusing on any one individual that it was you know a private act and that he was off the hook. And but they took out. his phone away. Why? Because he couldn't look at that site again. Oh, I'm thinking of something. Different. <laughs> 
You can do that in... They, that's been, like, legal in Japan forever. Wait, really? to masturbate in public? Oh, yeah. yeah I had some friends who live in Japan. <laughs> I, and they said, I don't you, know. They you know what, man? Did you I, try it? I, 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 Would I try to masturbate in public? No, no, I have enough problems. I don't, like the gov- I don't like the government interfering with stuff. Um, but I will say that that one, I think, like, that's... You don't want someone doing that with, like, kids. I feel like that can be trauma. That affects other people. Yes. Sure does. That's, yeah. like, I'm not yeah. into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not hurting anyone, that's cool, but that's... It, so makes, way, it would wait. make, like, a parent have to answer that question, yeah. like, way too yeah, early that's, sometimes. That really no, but you know how nasty. to get them in trouble, though, in Sweden? Is if you see someone jerking off, you just run up. Be like, they were looking at me. And make them look at you. and Just make eye contact real quick. Yeah. yeah. And go, no, you're a pervert. Or you could just say you it, at me. Really. You could just go get a cop and be like, yeah, this guy was grilling me, even though he mm-hmm. wasn't, mm-hmm. you know? Truth. My ass is burning. I'm not in... I, yeah, I don't, I'm thinking with you, Jonah. Yeah. Yeah, like... You know, I'm not really like as libertarian as you are, apparently. But I, I mean, um, I, I don't know if I, I don't know. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm in the cynicism no, party. Yeah. But, but that one, that one's rough. Yeah, that. There's certain things, maybe you know, the collective subconscious of human history and stuff. Like sometimes should be able to dictate certain things you do and don't do. Yeah. That's where I'm kind of into socialism. Yeah. You know. Yeah. In a way. There's certain aspects. Actually, in a lot of ways. There's certain aspects of socialism that work very well. You should well. fight yeah. for it harder. Yeah. You know, I think Socialized so. medicine, big fan of. I was talking about that big with my fan. friend this morning, that I think liberals are pussies about being liberals. You know? I agree I, with that. I really want to yeah. be like that donkey heart with elephant balls, you know? Mm-hmm. I like, <laughs> I'm ready. Like I'm, I like, I'm into that fight. Like, I'm proud to be like that, you know? I'll get into it with people. I think more should. You gotta be more confrontational. You gotta mix pacifism with anger if you want to get anything done. Hold on, I'm calling my dad. I right think. Now. <laughs> so you need to talk to him. Why? What's he gotta say about it? Oh, my dad is like retired military NRA member. Yeah. You know, so my dude. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's odd about it. I bet me and him have more in common, even though we don't politically have it in common. Because he sounds like kind of a badass. Wait, I just called myself a bad I'm not a badass at all. <laughs> I don't I like I carried a knife once for like a month, got into a precarious situation, realized I would never use it and never carry it. Realized it would probably be used against you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I thought I was protecting myself by putting it in there. And then I it was kind of scary actually. I, I lost I didn't lose well, yeah, I sort of lost my license for like a year and a half. And it was just from a massive amount of tickets I got. And I had 14 points on my license when I was 21. Oh. And like my insurance went up to over $7,000 a year. Oh. So I had to take my car off the road. You know what I mean? And I was a public bus and walking guy for a couple of years there until oh. I sorted that out. 15 and, by uh, 23. Huh? 15 points by 23. I was in the same boat. 15, oh, yeah. 15 points 15 by 23. Points, yeah. It's rough. Yeah, yeah I've been and, in traffic school seven times. You know, I used to work, you know, at the Targum in New Brunswick, and I was living in Highland Park at the time, and my job was at night, like I was the night production manager, maybe just a paginator at the time, and so I'd get off of work anywhere between one and three in the morning. You know, you walk through like the decent part of New Brunswick, it wasn't a sketchy walk, Highland Park was not sketchy at all, but you had to cross the bridge, and like... There's kind of a methy sort that hang out under the bridge often, you know? And, like, right when I was walking by one night, there's, like, seven of them, hollow-eyed, just, like, so dead to humanity in their, you know, fucked-up state. And, like, 
I'm like approaching him like I had nowhere else to go, you know, and I was like, fuck, I gotta gotta go through. You know, and I put my jersey, the jersey swagger, you know, when you're in that situation, get your head up, you know, make sure make sure you don't look you know, look like a clown and like luckily they didn't say anything, but I like gasped for air right after I caught the bridge. I was like, All right, got away with that one. And then I'm like looking in my pocket, I'm like, Oh my god. I was never would have stabbed one of those meth addicts. No chance. There's no chance. I would have been thrown over a bridge before I ever did that. And if you're playing drums, that would have been fine. Well, wow, that'd be some Tommy Lee shit if you managed to get thrown off a bridge while playing drums. I bet he could do it. He does cool stuff like that. Don't they build all... I heard, doesn't he have like a big swinging drum set going on in Motley Crue shows right now? It's like totally Pendulous. suspended in air. Like he's just really? like, yeah, that guy's crazy. They should see if he could survive going over Niagara falls yeah. <laughs> with his drum kit. Yeah, just a giant barrel with the drums set inside. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's dying for attention. I mean, let's do it. <laughs> let's Maybe you should bring it up. Maybe you should have a show. Send Tommy Lee over Niagara Falls. I'll start a Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, it's funny, like five minutes ago, I was feeling hyped. I'm like, yeah, you know, we should be good liberals and stuff like this. And I'm like, maybe we should do something. And now it quickly turned to a Kickstarter to get Tommy Lee to go over Niagara Falls. It's all about that balance, man. Dude, that's socialism. It's all about it. It is. Crowdfund it. It's my choice, bro. So if you're a drummer, take what he said. Put it to good use because there are going to be people in bands like Brad. That's what they want to hear. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? Let me let me put it a little simpler. If you're a drummer, um, get it your chisel and hammer and your tablet out and chisel down some notes. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it because you motherfuckers have tortured me for decades, and there's three of you that maybe don't deserve that, and you know who you are. And I'll include Benny in that. There's four. People don't realize that there are drummers that, that why there are so many drummer jokes. Yeah. Well, and only- try playing in a band and you'll figure it out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I played with a really, really nice guy one time who was really cool, really fun to hang out with. And he like contributed a lot. I'm not going to say his name, but I just woke up one day and realized he was a terrible drummer. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what happens. You can't you can't bottle the crazy with drummers. Yeah. It's just out there. No, it's all true. Well, Benny rules for hanging out with us. We've been trying to get him in for a while, and we're big fans of that band. If you are fans of this here podcast, go on to goingofftrack.com. If you want to send some dough, click the donate button. We will receive it. We'll be very thankful for it. And at some point, I might even share it with the rest of the guys. Uh, if you don't want to give us any money, that's cool, too. Thanks for listening. If you want to send us... Just remember a- us in your prayers. Yes. That's yes. all we ask. Yes, because prayer, it's a nice way of thinking you're doing something when you're really not doing anything. <laughs> How do you really feel about that? Uh, if you want to send us a message, maybe comment on what I just said. Go to facebook.com slash going off track. Uh, we read them and sometimes we even write back. Actually, every time we like hearing from people. Uh, we're at going off track for the Twitter. Uh, man, Jonah's been writing some killer stuff for Vice and Brad's just been rocking and rolling rubber tracks. Mike's producing. Here we are. I'm doing this. And I read a lot. It's fun. You're doing a really good job, Stephen. Thank you. See you next week.
when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.